Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. First of all, let's start this way. What a crazy week for hockey for all three organizations because of the trade deadline. I mean, the trade deadline usually brings some craziness with it. Yeah, just overall in the NHL, but then it also... Because we've gotten so deep with the minors and everything, like there were so many roster changes and moves and player, like it, each move that Steve did affected each other teams. It affected the Griffins and then it affected the Walleye and then it didn't affect Flint. <laughs> no, it didn't affect Flint, but I mean, did it affect us positively or negatively? Time will tell. With, Time all, these will dra- tell. with all these draft picks, it will probably affect us positively. I mean, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of draft picks. I'm, ex- I'm excited about the cap- draft pa- capital that came back in these trades. There definitely is plenty of opportunity there, especially going into this year's NHL draft. It's deep. It's the right draft to have a lot of picks in. Um, I'm nervous that the Islanders are going to continue sucking, and that one pick's going to be a protected pick that ends up getting turned into a next-year pick. That's okay. And then same with the... Well, no, the Burt pick's not protected like that. No, we're good no, there. So, just the Islanders pick. But if we get two in the top 15, oh, we're going to have a good season in Grand Rapids. Some of those players are good enough. They'll skip Grand Rapids, sir. <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah, God, we only <laughs> could hope. Only could hope. I should laugh. I mean, <laughs> laughing is one way to deal with pain, right? I laugh so I don't cry. Yeah, um... exactly. So, um, a lot to talk about. A lot week. to talk about. We'll start with uh, the Griffins for Wednesday. We'll cover the, or we'll cover the, yeah. Did they play Wednesday? Unfortunately, yes, they did. Yeah, they played Wednesday. Yeah. Then we'll cover Thursday, or Friday. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what day it is today. It's Sunday. <laughs> so, they played Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We'll cover all three games, and then uh, we'll go into Toledo, cover, well, we probably won't cover Toledo. Yeah, we'll cover player transactions throughout the week because there was a lot of movement. A little bit of movement. We'll still cover Toledo because they're on a tear. Then we'll cover Toledo. Then it, we'll cover Flint. Who's also on a tear? Who's on a tear? At least a couple teams are. Yeah. But as we're watching the Wings in Philly right now, one nothing in hey, the second. They're up one nothing. That's all that matters. And but then, let's um, dive into this. So welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Nick. And I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great night last night. so let's... You did. At least yeah. you were in Flint last night. We'll get there. I'm just jealous of that one. So, Griffins played three games against division opponents over this past week. Chicago Wednesday and a back-to-back against Iowa on Friday and Saturday. And these were must-win games. These were big games because they were all in our division. We're all we're chasing... Iowa, Iowa. <laughs> and we are right in Chicago's chasing us. Oh no, we're chasing them. Well, now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, technically, we were going into Wednesday. We were behind them Wednesday too. Okay, okay. So, so Wednesday, I don't get to go to the games because I have to work. Uh, so you were able to go. You took Scott. Yeah, new guy. Buddy Scott came out to a game with us. It was that part was a good time. You said something happened at, before the puck drop. <laughs> so. 
I think Griff's just as frustrated with the uh, officiating in the AHL as we are after trying to pay the refs at the beginning of that game. So he did the the whatever sponsor delivery thing they do to bring the puck out. I don't remember the company name. Clearly that sponsorship's working well. Um, <laughs> Buy their product, whatever it was. Yeah, right. Um, so they had Griff bring the delivery puck out, and he had money with the puck for the ref too, which I thought was funny. I think everyone thought it was funny. It lightened the mood around Terrible officiating. Shout out to the San Jose Sharks coach for going off last night on the refs in the NHL. <laughs> Don't know if you saw that. Incredible. But yeah, man. Game against the Wolves, that's a must win. Spoiler, we did not win. <laughs> well, it's not really a spoiler because the game's that's been fair. down in the past. But uh, we play them five more times. Both teams are six points out. I mean, it, it, it was a big game that we needed to take. No, one team is six points out well, after these games. After these games. That's the, them. We're nine points out now. Uh, the so I want to make note too, and I didn't see this before, but uh, they moved Les Bronze. I don't know to center. Yeah, to center. Yeah, they moved him to center. Um, he's played center sometimes in his career. It took some adjusting to. He did it well. I didn't notice an increase or decrease in his production. No, not at all. I definitely noticed him um, in certain playmaking spots more, which was pretty cool to see. He's definitely. A better winger than center for sure, but really? he's still. I think so. I mean, his ability with the puck when he's along the wing is really good, and in the center, he was able to make some really fancy moves to keep possession of the puck. Sometimes he outdangled himself too, <laughs> being in the center where being along the boards, he's gonna have a little bit more space to work with there. He was he was good on faceoffs too. He was great on faceoffs. Um, it didn't take him long to adjust to that clearly. So yeah, it was it was a weird change. I think they made that change Wednesday. I don't know, I just remember Bob saying on the pregame that they had moved him, and they had interviewed Lesby about it, and mm-hmm. he was excited about the new change. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have a little bit of change, especially with the way the season's gone and everything. Change of scenery on the ice might help some things go along. Well, not too much, because we get that all the time. <laughs> we do We do get a change of scenery a lot around here. Uh, but a change in your position, that's pretty rare. I haven't seen, I haven't seen that happen um, at all this season, really. But I mean, he had a he had a good game uh, Wednesday. He get a goal. He was plus one, two shots on goal, and had a good face off night too. So good for him trying out center for a little bit in the AHL. I know I know he mentioned he'd played it in previous teams too here and there when there's injury, but it's been a while. Yeah, you got anything else for for us? Wednesday? For Wednesday. I mean, where do I begin? Okay, it was a close game. Let's put it this way: they only lost four to three. Close game. The second period was where. I think we had the roughest time. That's, you know, Griffs came out 2 nothing lead going after the first and then let Chicago score three in the second. We've had a rough time in the second period. We're a first period team, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we really are. It's frustrating, especially if we're up 2 nothing. We get the lead, we get the momentum, we're going, and then we just give it right back. Like This isn't the first time we've given up three goals very quickly without answering back. No, and those goals were not very far apart. I mean... They weren't a minute and a half apart, at least, but, you know, five minutes here and there. So, not not a good look. But Griffin's scoring was kicked off by Pearson, uh, his third goal of the season. Uh, assist uh, Andreasen and Ernie when he was still the Griffin. <laughs> um, and second goal was Luff, his fifth of the season, with O'Regan and Chase on assisting there. That was a crazy goal. That was a really crazy goal. It was a really nice goal, too. Um, really good play by Chase on to keep the play alive, to get it to the, where he needed to go, and it worked really well. I thought the goalie had it. I had it snuck <laughs> Swore behind. he had it. 
and then the last goal of the game for the Griffins there, um, as they tried to mount that comeback there, uh, Lesperon scored, uh, assisted by O'Regan and Zarnik. That's so, a that's a three game goal streak for Lesby. Uh, yes. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, he's on a tear lately. It's pretty good. But the standouts for standouts for that game of of the the negative, just giving up too many shots. You know, Chicago outshot us twenty nine twenty three. Staying out of the box nice. would have been good. Um, you know, take four penalties there. Chicago converted on one of those. They were one for four. We were over two that night. But yeah, man, not a ton to talk about. It's one to forget. Yeah, it's well. I think at the end of last week, I had said they're going to go two for one this week over these three games, <laughs> and if they're going to lose one, it was the Chicago one, and that's where I was kind of okay. I was like, yep, if they lose Chicago one, they obviously got to win. The two against Iowa, but if they're going to lose one, it's going to be that one. Just the way play goes against Chicago sometimes for this team. And they lost. So at the end of that, going into it, I'm thinking, hey, this weekend, here we go. Iowa coming in, playing like hot garbage. (laughs) Wet, hot garbage. One in ten in their last 11 leading into Friday. So I had given up my tickets for Friday. One, just being burnt out with how the Wings have been playing and then... All the roster moves and just crazy life right now. So, gave those tickets up. And then last minute I said, all right, I got to go. I got to go to this game. We've got playoffs. Push can start right here. If we can get things going, this this is, this is will be the good time to go. And yeah, so, you didn't tell me you were going. I walked <laughs> past you in the beer line and I stand there and look up and I see your St. Patrick's Day burger and jersey. And I'm like, no one else has that jersey. No shot. And uh, yeah, of course you were there, which was cool. It was good to see, good to see you at the game. Um, and Eric was there too. Yeah, we ran to our buddy Eric. So, I think though, before we get into Friday, I know we said we would talk Griffins and then go transactions. Oh yeah, we so should probably talk transactions first because they all happened Friday. Was, well, yeah, Friday. So, Ernie got pulled up. Yep. Because there was a roster spot open. Yep. Because we traded a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, so the Wings, I mean, obviously they got rid of a couple people. Bertuzzi went to Boston. Uh, that was probably the saddest one for all of us uh, that have watched him play here for this long. Griffin legend right there. I mean, yeah, but Boston knows what they're getting in a playoff warrior right there. We all remember how he played in the playoffs for the Griffins, and that guy is going to go into easily one of the best teams that's probably ever existed at this point in the National Hockey League with how well Boston has played this year. And... They've got him now in the playoffs. That's yeah. Boston's on a tear. I would, if I'm a betting man, and I sometimes am, I'd put my money on Boston. But yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, and then we, so we didn't get anybody in return. We got picks for that. Picks. And then we traded Jakob Verana. Yep, that happened. That happened, and we wish, eh, we wish him the best. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we've spoken multiple times here on this podcast that we want to see that kid have nothing but success and I think Iserman made the point pretty clear that it was time to move on and they moved on and he's now with St. Louis and hopefully um, hopefully he becomes our Fabry in that trade like it's just all sparked again and he's back to back to the Verona we all know and love and scoring goals left and right for them just hopefully not against us so yeah that that upset a lot of people it's a business at the end of the day, and I get it. So, it happened. The Wings also traded uh, Sunquist to Minnesota. So, that opened up another forward spot with the team. And 
We trade somebody else. Why am I blanking on who else we traded? Phil Peronic. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Phil. Phil. That, so that happened before Burt happened. Yeah. So there's they all have the trade deadline day wasn't a deadline day. It was a deadline week. Yeah. Across <laughs> the whole NHL, really. Yeah. So. And so Phil went to Vancouver and again, just another player you wish nothing but the best for. A guy who was really fine in his game this year as long as he had the handlebar mustache going. Yeah. Um I think that was part of the contract when he went there is he had to regrow that. So yeah. good for them if he does. Um but yeah, another another player that you watched win the cup with Griffins. Um, another great defensive player that you're sad about missing, but the return is great, and that's how the Wings got this first-round pick from the Islanders. So the way it affected the Griffins was that we had three spots open, four spots open, so they they brought up Chase on. So they didn't call him up. He's signed as a Red Wing. He did not have a Red Wing contract. He signed a one-way prorated contract. So he is a Red Wing for the rest of the season, at least. So they he is not coming back. Oh, I didn't. Unless know that. I'm pretty sure waivers have to happen for that, which he might clear, he might not. Um, I'm beyond happy for the dude. He's a player that we've all come to love here. We all thought at first, "What the heck are we doing signing a retired NHL player at this point?" who's trying to get his way back into the league, what's happening, and he did not come in and play like a player that had been out of the game. Uh, He plays hard, he plays fast, he's gritty, he's smart with the puck, good offensive potential there, great veteran presence to go into a very young Red Wings team. Even if it's only for the remaining part of the season, you just hope hope it works out for him. I mean... I don't know if you got to watch that game or not. No, I didn't okay. get to watch. I didn't get to watch. I didn't get to watch a ton of it because I was it was on while I was at work. But during the first intermission, Trev interviewed Jason about the opportunity, and he was getting choked up immediately about it because he never thought he'd get that shot again. Um, and to be able to come in, wear an original six jersey in the NHL, and get this opportunity, he's he's not going to waste it. So who did he play for before? Vancouver. Vancouver. You know, like if you look at my. Uh, my Facebook profile, that picture that everyone remembers of Fabry and Burt laughing at a Vancouver player. That's Chase on. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't have Facebook, so I don't, yeah. Yeah, that's been a pretty uh, a, a fan favorite picture of the from the Wings for a while there, and it's those two laughing uh, after a scrum, and it was Chase on they were laughing at. So it's funny how the world works sometimes. Well, yeah, Burt got quite a few questions about his fight with, did he fight Marshawn in Boston? He, there was some pushing and shoving there a couple times. So. But, I mean, Marshawn got hurt right after um, right after that trade happened. Marshawn got hurt. I don't know if he was out. I, I don't pay that close attention to Boston. I probably will at the playoffs this year. But it was immediately, like, after that trade happened, Marshawn was down on the ice hurt. Oh, dang. And it's like, oh, well, look who they have to backfill that position. It's like, you know, Burt, he's a pest that... If he's on your team, you're you're thrilled, and if you're playing against him, you're annoyed. So, yeah. so then they so they pull up or they sign Chase on. So you sign Chase on and pulled Ernie back up. And then Huso went down with an injury Friday. God, we all thought he was getting traded. I didn't think he was getting <laughs> traded. I was just nervous about how bad of an injury this was because they called up Nedeljkovic. So we lost our starting goalie for the Griffins to go up, and then they turned around and signed Lethemin. Detroit signed Lethemin. Yeah, which From is good. Toledo. They need to. Yeah. Um, which gives me, I, I think it's only for this season, but it gives me hope that 
we might see him in Grand Rapids next season. I don't know. Well, we saw him this. Well, you saw him this. Weekend. I saw him this weekend on Saturday. Yeah. Um. No, that was you know, you were hoping Ned got a shot. Well, he got called up, and that didn't happen. He got sent back today without getting any playing time. Luckily, Huso's back, which you of course always want to see. Um. Was that the only moves that they had made? That's the only moves that really impacted the Griffins. Ernie being gone and Chase on being gone, though. That's a lot of veteran presence out of that room very quickly. There's a lot of grit, too, that we lost. Oh, all the grit. So. Gone. Well, not all the grit. I shouldn't say that. There's still a lot of grittiness there, uh, which we'll get into. But. So, Friday's game. <laughs> must win. Oh. Against Iowa. Must win. You lose that Chicago game. Iowa first game becomes must win, no matter what. Um, Going into that game, we had won three games out of 12 at home. I have a lot of thoughts about that, but we'll get there. We'll get there. One of these days. That's a that's a, that's a different episode topic at this point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Friday, lose 5-2. to freaking It didn't feel like a 5-2 to two game, though. What game were you watching? It felt like a 5-2 game to me. So, the reason I say that is because one of those was an empty netter. Griffin's had a chance on the third to get one back and it hit the post. Mm-hmm. And that would have tied it. Yeah. It's just a, that's a frustrating game. This whole weekend was frustrating. That was a frustrating game. But let's talk highlights of that game. Riley Sawchuck. Riley Sawchuck. First pro goal. Beautiful assist from Dominic Shine, who continues to be on an offensive tear. Yeah. So, um, that was... That, that was, was great goal. to see. It was very sick. Um, Two on one, Shai's going down, and then he sees Sawchuck on the left. Sawchuck angles up for it, and Shai gives him a beautiful pass. Sawchuck uh, one times it in. Yeah, a lesson there for you kids out there. Top keep, left. Keep your stick on the ice. Keep your stick on the ice. And you got a pass coming to you like that. Keep that stick on the ice. Shine put it right on the tape, and Riley did not waste that opportunity whatsoever. So that was great to see. And then Mr. Donovan Sabrango with the sneakiest goal I've seen in a while. Yeah. That was sick. That was sick. The goalie didn't know where it was either. No, he had no clue. The play started behind the net, and who passed? Who who got the assist on that? Uh, Hiroshi and O'Regan got the assist on that one. Hiroshi with the primary? Yeah, it was a sick pass by him. So he had it behind. I think the goalie thought it was going to his left, and Hiroshi passed it to his right, and Sabrango just nailed it. Just one time did in. Uh, goalie looked lost. Just yeah, didn't know where that had that pass had gone. Didn't realize it was in the back of the net. Uh, big Sabrango fans here. Oh yeah, always want him to uh, to succeed. Yeah, it was a pretty wild first period. <laughs> I see what it did there. <laughs> Without even trying, it was a wild first period. Um, Iowa scored three, we scored two all in the first. Uh, so going into the third, you're thinking, all right, 3-2 game. Nothing too crazy here. Nothing happened in the second, scoring-wise. Nothing at all. A couple penalties in the second. Majority of the penalties in the game there. There's only three on each side, though, so not really a penalty-heavy game, as it probably should have been in a couple spots, but I also like games where they let them play, too. Yeah, then, the, the officiating was terrible, though. Oh, garbage. It was... continues to be garbage. Like, Wednesday was not as bad as I've seen recently. Friday, terrible. Saturday, terrible. Really? Um, oh, yeah. But I, then, obviously, Iowa scored two goals in the third. Um, taking the 5-2. One was an empty netter. Yeah, one was an empty netter. 
Griffin's had a chance to hit one, but hit the post. Teams finished tied in shots, but Iowa did win the first or the third period in shots there, fourteen to nine. So they were definitely throwing the puck at the net as much as possible. But in that game, the Griffs were throwing the puck at the net. They were getting those shots in. They're shooting the puck more the past couple games. Now it's just okay. How do we turn more of those into quality shots? Like, there's a lot of shots that are just getting feathered at the net and really easy for a goalie to spot. How do we turn those into more dangerous scoring chances? That's, I think, what the team's got to figure out next. And once they figure that out, they've got something. They've got something. It's not a playoff run this year, but they've got something. I feel like what I would like to see more of is just more possession in, in the offensive zone. I mean, more, oh, yeah. more cycle chances, more shots. It just seems like it's back to the dump and chase or... Well, yeah, you get the offensive zone presence if you don't just dump and chase or don't just pass, 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 pass. Oh, they read that pass, got it. Here they go on a two-on-one or a breakaway because the defensemen are pushing in so deep sometimes in these plays, which is my biggest call out of the weekend is a couple defensemen just... When they're both paired together, both trying to be the offensive defenseman, no one's being the stay-at-home guy, then all of a sudden these guys got a clear break the other way. Would you say that they need more balance? It is all about balance. It is all about balance. Do you, did he run the blender a lot Friday night? Not as much. But Not as much from what I could see. That's one thing I don't like about like sitting at the ends of the arena is it's harder to t- keep track of those pairings than it is in sitting in the sides. But no, there, the blender wasn't that bad. Which was weird in a game that's like that. You think down that much, you're going to turn the blender on for sure. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Anything else you saw out of Friday's game? I don't really fault Bradstrom. A couple soft ones, but at the same time, those soft ones don't have an opportunity if the team's playing stronger defensively in front of you. He faced a lot of breakaway attempts that night. But, I mean, 26 saves on 30 shots, obviously. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, a lot of missed defensive assignments led to easy goals. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like Minnesota really earned the, the spots that they had, the goals that they had, you know. Uh, no. Missed assignments, bad defensive play. If I ask you who the only positive plus-minus player was from Friday night, who do you think it is? Sawchuck? No. Dang it. I wish. He was uh, minus one. Simon? Wyatt Newpower. <laughs> Only positive player that night. He had a good game. He had a better game than Wednesday and a better game than Saturday. Because Wednesday I was like, woof, defensively for him. Friday he definitely bounced back a little. And then Saturday I saw Wednesday new power again. But it's okay. He's getting it. Again, it's one of those things where we've talked countless times where I think Simon's best defensive partner is Johansson or Lashoff. All three of these games. Edmondson's defensive partner was New Power, at the beginning of the game at least, and for most of the game. It's a, it's nothing against either of them. I just don't think that pairing works. It's like Mo and Sherrod. Mo and Sherrod. It doesn't work, and that that one doesn't work for these guys either. And it's okay. It's okay if it doesn't work. It's okay. But we need to have it figured out before the last third of the season going into a playoff push. Yes. By now they should have the lines set and know who works well with who and. Who doesn't? The only other thing I noticed, too, between Wednesday and Friday is a consistent penalty taker on our end, which was Johansson. He got the first penalty for the Griffs each time. 
in both those games. He's kind of struggling to stay out of the box recently. Do you think he's just played too aggressive? He might be. He's been very aggressive, especially on the offensive side of the puck. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he's just got to stay out of the box. He's young. He's getting it. And Stevie made some good... Stevie Y loves Johansson, it sounds like. He made some very good comments on him. I think everyone is automatically assuming that Edmondson's going to get the first call up on defense in, to Detroit, and I don't think that's the case. I think Johansson's one of the ones we might see now. I think I said the opposite of that when we started this podcast, too. Yeah. And he's really turned it on lately. Um, and I think if there's anyone that gets a call up this year, I think it's going to be McIsaac. Bob and Larry were high on... McI- uh, not McIsaac, sorry. Bob and Larry were high on uh, Johansson. In the beginning of Saturday's game, too, he played very well on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you have a last any standout? Anything you wanted to mention on Friday? For Friday, I thought Friday was Friday was bad. The it looked like Simon was getting ran at a lot, and nobody was really protecting him. A lot of people were going after him, so I saw that a lot. We had we had kind of talked about it too. Is it's smart to stay out of the box, but at the same point. You gotta stand up. You gotta. You gotta. We gotta let loose. We gotta. Something. Something's gotta break. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta let loose. Unleash the monster. Unleash there the you wi- go. Unleash the wild. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. We. At one point, we just need to see him just go off on somebody, and that way, people just back off and don't try to run at him or try to intimidate him. Like, yeah, just like, start throwing fists. Like, let's stop taking hooking and tripping penalties, and let's start taking some roughing and fighting penalties at this point. Yeah, throw the body, just let off. Just release that that steam, I would say. I wish the AHL game sheets would break down the hits in the game, though, because I feel like in the second period and third period, the Griffins started to turn on the throwing the hits. Uh, they definitely did on Saturday night they were throwing the body, but, yeah, someone's someone's got to let loose here. Saturday. I wasn't there, so I have no idea. I got to actually watch a fun team. You did get to watch a fun team. Well, okay, so Saturday. John Letheman gets that start. Starting in goal. I feel so bad for him. I was so excited to see, one, that Detroit signed him. Two, that he was coming up to the Griffins. So I was kind of disappointed that I was going to Flint instead of going to Grand Rapids to watch the game. Not going to Grand Rapids, but going to the Griffins game. Because... We've seen so much good news out of Toledo from Letheman. And so everybody was like, who is this guy? Who's, who is the signing? Where did he come from? How is he playing? And Brandon and I already knew. We're like, this guy is on a tear. He's been ECHL uh, goaltender of the month for two months. Uh, so we were. I was excited for you to actually watch him and see him. Because you've seen Kosa. Now you've seen Letheman. You've seen Bradstrom. You've seen Ned. O.C. You've seen them all, man. You've seen them all. Who played for us when we went to the Wings game? Was it Huso? Yeah, it was Huso. Or was it... Hel- and we've seen Helberg. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've yeah, Helberg seen Helberg, too. too. So we've seen all the goalies this year. Jeez. Um, well, you have. I haven't. Yeah, sorry, buddy. No, I mean, when I say I feel bad for Letheman, it's not I feel bad he had to play for us or anything like that, but... I did. <laughs> Dude got shelled with 41 shots on goal to Grand Rapids is 26. Getting absolutely shelled. <laughs> the other good news, too, the other player news was Elmer came back in. So Elmer was back in the lineup Saturday because he was out the last two with uh, sick. He was out sick. 
Well, yeah, I was going to get there. Oh, sorry. All right. We can restart. <laughs> we were, I, but Lethemy got shelled. He was he was not what he's used to facing. And poor guy let in the first shot on goal that he faced. Yeah, I saw that. It snuck right in over his shoulder. He was slightly out of position. Not the way you want to start it. But after the second goal went in, well, how did he react after the first one? Like, was he, like, then shaky the rest of the game? Uh, no, he looked confused of how it snuck in there. Um, <laughs> and then I think he realized that he was just slightly off because I saw him paying a lot more attention to how he was hugging the post anytime the puck was around the net. Um, second goal happened... Probably, it probably threw him off, too, because our goal posts are red. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're not blue like the ECHL. Um, the second goal happened on the second or third shot. So it was a shaky start, but that's okay. Like he hasn't played an AHL game since the I think he played two games with Ontario yeah. last season. Or two in like Ontario, that. he won both those games. Too. Yeah, he did. But he also um, played for a better team. <laughs> I mean, you just gotta throw it out there like that. Yeah, no, um, no, he led in those first two, and it's what you expect playing in a new building you never played in before, in front of a team you've or with a team in front of you you've never played with. Yeah. It's kind of what you expect in that situation. That's where you just hope the uh, Griffins turn on the offense for him. But after those two goals went in, Dupe was rock solid. He was great. His positioning is incredible. Uh, he's very, very good at staying where he needs to be with the puck in, is in front of him. He's very good at staying focused on that. His lateral movement side to side is incredible. Um, I think... We've got something there. Do you think he is in Grand Rapids next year as either a backup or a starter? I think he's a starter in Grand Rapids next year. I'm going to call that now. This kid's good. He's. Jeez. Oh, we got to get Steve on the phone and get him a goal <laughs> for Toledo. He's poised, man. He. That looked like. Uh, he played well. He played well, too, for the Spartans. He did. Um, one of the hardest parts about being a goalie is how you react after that goal goes in. Are you going to get rattled by it? Are you just going to quickly rebound? And, yeah, there was a couple times. Like, I think it was, like, third goal that he let in. You know, he puts his head down on his pads while he's still on the ground, takes a couple seconds, gets up, shakes it off, and he goes on. He does not look rattled at all. There was not a single point in that game where I was like, oh, no, like, we're going to see three goals back-to-back-to-back here. It's going to be quick. No, he bounced back quick. He knew exactly what to do. Even he said it in his pregame interview. He tries to be at the top of his game wherever he's at. He's a true professional when it comes to this. He's just going to go out there and do the best he can. And I firmly believe that he went out there and did the absolute best he possibly could with the scenario that was in front of him last night. That's exciting. No, it's very exciting. I was super pumped to see him. And he's got one of the coolest goalie masks I've seen in a while. That was a sick mask. When you said it to me, I was was still on Flint, but I was looking at it. And then today I looked at it a little bit more watching the game and... um... Even the back of it, he's got the Spartan. Yeah, he's got the red. He's got a red Spartan logo on the back. It's a red and white mask for Wings colors, obviously. Uh, and it's got a bunch of classic rock bands on it. Some really good ones on there. Kiss, it's really, ACDC, yeah, Metallica, I it's saw. It's really good, well-designed. Um, no, it's cool. And I was loving the Toledo guys get called up here because at least their equipment matches. <laughs> like, they don't look out of place. They all have red and white pads, red and white gloves, red and white mask. And Kosa's got a nice big old griffin on his mask. Does he really? Yeah. So, so, yeah, Letheman was the highlight of the game for me, just watching him play and getting to see him up here. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks, Toledo, for letting us borrow him for a game. I know he's got sent back down today with uh, Ned getting called back to Grand Rapids. 
But uh, yeah, thanks guys. He was good. 40. We took care of him for you, except for the forty-one shots against. Sorry. He, yeah, he's he's ready. He, he can have practice off tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give him a, maybe the next game or two off. Because uh, we, it seems like, so we had forty-one shots against us. We had twenty-six. Mm-hmm. So we broke the eighteen-shot mark. Mm-hmm. Would you say play was a lot towards our end? Did you feel balanced? No, the time. It wasn't balanced at all again. Still, it was still a lot of uh, time spent in our end. Um, in the time we spent in their end, we were able to capitalize and get goals in there. Uh, one thing I will say was another positive was the power play last night. We were two for three. I was just going there. Yep. All right. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, really good puck movement on the power play. Um, Hiroshi got the first goal. Uh, Zarnik and Camper got the assists. And the second power play goal was O'Regan with uh, Luff and Hiroshi getting the assists there. Hiroshi had a little three-point game for himself last night, which was pretty cool. Um, power play was good. Penalty kill was good. Penalty kill was great. It was solid. You know, Iowa had four opportunities. They didn't capitalize on a single one. How are the vibes in the stadium? Because it was Star Wars night. I love Star Wars night. 9,000 people are in attendance. It was packed. Yeah, I was going to say. Which, I'll get into this. Why not? Um, I know every time Star Wars night happens, because they have so many characters there to take photos with Mm -hmm. and everything like that, the the, uh, concourse is going to be... A little packed and a little hard to navigate. They had everything sanctioned off so weirdly for these other like grouped photo areas. I think it's the first year I've seen them charging people for photos, and maybe I just don't venture out in the concourse too much. So they had these like stanchioned areas for people to wait in line for that stuff. It made everything so congested at the main point when you come up the stairs coming into the arena. You know the back two sections where they have like the season ticket holders uh, stand and the other side is only used on like $2 beer night on the other side of the arena? There's nothing down there. But the other side, all these different lines going on, people waiting, people not being able to move. It was a pain to get to the seats. Oh. So. Kind of glad I didn't go there. That's my feedback there for uh, the arena staff is just crowd control it a little bit better. Make it a little more manageable because it was packed. The vibes were good. Um, <laughs> the vibes are bad Friday. People are leaving. They're ticked. Oh yeah, people were not happy Friday. The vibes were good for most of the game. Um, someone, of course, started our favorite, the wave, when we were down. As we know, you don't start the wave when you're down or tied. It's bad luck. But the funniest thing was we, uh, you know, moved to closer to some of uh, my girlfriend's friends that were at the game last night. They had a bunch of empty seats near him. We moved down, sat with them for the third period just to get to chit-chat and everything. And this one guy that was like two rows up from us comes down and he stands about two rows off the glass trying to get everybody to do the wave. Nobody would go. (laughs) People in front of him went and then they got to the section, I don't know, is it 128 I think it is? What everyone calls themselves the break wall? Yeah. They did their job. And I I mean, I eventually looked at him like, it's bad luck. You don't do that when the game is tied. One, why are you trying to start a second wave? Come on. Come on. Hockey etiquette. Hockey etiquette, bro. Don't do it. And he didn't. He, he gave up eventually. He tried, though, like 30 times before he finally gave up. So, A for effort for him. But, man, no more waves. No, more, Stop the waves. And I, I think that might attribute to people getting a little bored. Yeah, they got to come up with their own entertainment, you think? Yeah, it's kind of what it's starting to feel like. I mean, I'm all for fan engagement, and we'll talk about it on a future podcast of things that I like to see or things I'd like to do. I don't know. Do you think, like, if he if the wave got going, it would have turned momentum? Uh, no, because when they did the first one, Iowa turned around and scored right after that. Oh, boy. Yeah, 
That's why that's why I was like, don't do it, bro. Don't do it. I saw overtime, no shots for us. So was it a quick quick OT? Uh pretty quick. <laughs> uh what they score oh no. They scored three minutes in. So a little over half. I forget that OT is pretty short. The only way we got to OT though, thanks to Mr. Albert Johansson with a really nice goal. Um with I don't remember how much time was left in the third. Um, I think it was towards the beginning, and they kind of locked it down and kept it tight. Yeah, it was a minute. It was a minute five in. Um, he got his fifth of the season, assisted by Mikhaizik and Rossi. It was a sick goal. It was a sick goal. It was a really sick goal. So it's good to see again. He's playing. He's playing defensively well, and he's getting on the score sheet too a lot lately. Uh, it's his fifth goal of the season. Most of those have been pretty recent. So you love to see it. It was a little rebound, backdoor goal, wide open. I mean, he probably is through the roof right now, too, with Steve mentioning him. Oh, yeah, that's a confidence booster right there, for sure. Um, As you mentioned, Elmer came back after his two games out with illness. I think three, four minutes in, took a high stick to the face. He might have some less teeth now. So That's good. When the wings get him, they've taken over the Bertuzzi toothless spot. Um. (laughs) But yeah, that poor kid, out for two games, sick, and boom, right in the face. And then he took another nasty hit later on in the game, too. But man, he was throwing the body. Okay. Um, I know right at the beginning, right in the middle of the third, we had, after we had moved down a little closer to the ice there from our normal seats, he threw one of the sickest hits I've seen him throw behind the net on a guy. And oh, man, he destroyed him. I could not imagine what it's like getting hit by that dude. It's got to be like running into a brick wall. Or a tree. Or a tree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you have for Saturday's game? I mean, <laughs> I still can't stand Turner out and bright. For Iowa? Yeah. He's the biggest goon I've ever seen. Can't stand him. I know what his role is on that team, but man, if you're going to be that role, don't cry every time you get touched. My God. Like it's it's like watching Crosby in his early days when he cried to the ref every single time, but then he also tries to be the goon that stirs it up. But I specifically remember he was chirping at New Power from the bench because that's usually where he chirps from. He doesn't do a lot of it on the ice. <laughs> and New Power just skates by, doesn't break eye contact, and just gives him this little smile all the way back to the bench. And then of course Ottenbright's leaning over trying to yell at him, and he's just. What? Can't can't hear you. Sorry, buddy. And oh, it was great. But no, the 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 aggressive the aggression was there Saturday. They were throwing the body better. They came out. They wanted it. You could tell they wanted it. But man, did it fall apart quick on them? And John Lethman's not to blame. Too many defensive mistakes in the neutral zone. Too many turnovers, especially the one in overtime. I didn't see the overtime goal yet. So you have to enlighten me. Face off in our zone. Simon throws out, Ben Simon throws out, Hiroshi, Zarnik, and Camphor. Hiroshi's been playing really well. Hiroshi's been playing very well, and this, that's not my question mark on that one. It's the defensive pairing with the two of those offensively powerful players. Because Zarnik's no slouch. Hiroshi's obviously been playing very well. Camphor is just a couple games back from injury. There's better decisions that could be made there on defense at that point. Who would you put? I mean, we know who we'd all put there. Uh, actually, no. I think at that point, I'm putting I'm putting McIsaac. Yeah, I'm putting McIsaac or Johansson on that one. Uh, I know Johansson was on a different pairing for that for overtime. 
the blender was running, you said? The blender was running in the third period for sure, but, I mean, in overtime, you're only running one defenseman, so you can't really find a blender there. But, I, yeah, McIsaac in that situation, because McIsaac would have hung back a little further. Camfer kind of pushed too high up. And, again, Hiroshi, great game. But he comes up the ice with the puck on the left side. He goes to do a drop pass instead of just either dumping it in or continue pushing forward with the puck because he saw a guy coming. He turns around to do a drop pass, turns it over. Camfer's too far up. He's racing to get back. He's not as fast as their guy, and they score. So we've seen this before. <laughs> yeah, too many just, times. Just last week. And, like, the Wings do this too, but this power play or overtime, skate forward and off to the side in the neutral zone, turn around and drop back, stop it. Please stop. It's terrible. Every team can see it coming. They're always outstretching their sticks, trying to get that pass. And it's a guessing game if you're going to do a saucer pass or you're just going to throw it across the ice. And it seems like teams are guessing pretty well lately. And they're getting that turnover and they end up with an almost breakaway or a breakaway. That's how we've cost shorthanded goals were given up. The Wings have been giving them up. The Griffins are giving them up. And then in overtime, this stuff keeps happening too, and these teams keep losing in overtime. It's got to stop. That drop pass is not effective anymore. Do you think we should have just played it safe and put two defensemen out there and one forward and try to win it and shoot out? Because shoot out, I feel like we've been better. Yeah. I don't think many coaches will do that, but I like the thought of it, especially with, like, at that point, yeah, you're going to throw a camper out there. Okay, throw an Edmondson or a Johansson next to him. Yeah. They're both offensively talented enough to move the puck. Like, yeah. That's not the was, worst idea. That's where I was heading. <laughs> Which I would have been confident in the shootout there, but I mentioned that, you know, Elmer took another hit. He took a pretty nasty one at the end there. He didn't come that was he didn't really come back from that for a little bit there. I don't know if he's gonna be good next game or not. I, I didn't listen to the broadcast, so I didn't get the full update. I don't know if he would have been available in the shootout. I didn't see him much in OT. So I need Elmer in the shootout. He's the most consistent one so far this season. Yeah, Elmer <laughs> is really good in the shootout. Um, they no. were going over like top five plays for last month, and Elmer had both the game-winning shootout goals. Yeah, and I mean, of course, you want to win it in OT there. You don't want to force it to a shootout. So I get the move, but that pairing does not make sense at all. It was a must-win game because we had already lost the night before. So to keep any sort of chance, I guess you could say, like we're running out of time, we're wasting time. <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> We're nine points out from Iowa now. Yes, there's still a lot of hockey left to be played. We play everybody we play over the next few weeks. I don't think we play an out-of-division game except for the games against Cleveland. Yeah. Everything else is in the division for the rest of the season. Correct. So, it was go time, and now I really don't know what time it is, besides maybe let's play spoil Iowa or Chicago's playoff time. I mean, I don't even know if we can spoil at this point. No. We, we only got Iowa two more times. What, you said we have Chicago five more times? Uh, I believe so. I think it's something like that. Four or five more times. We got Iowa twice back at their barn. It's it's a lot of frustration after these games, for sure. Who knows what's to come. We play. I think we play Cleveland on Tuesday this week in Cleveland. And then we are back at home next weekend, I believe, against Chicago. And then Cleveland again? A no. A Tuesday game. They they play they play in Cleveland on the seventh on Tuesday, um, which is weird. I'm here for it, and then Friday Rockford, not Chicago, the other Illinois team, Rockford, and then Cleveland. So those should be interesting. 
Uh, I know the Purple game's on Friday. That's always one that's packed, so hopefully they can bring it that game. Those jerseys look pretty sick, too. Uh, they do look good this year. I like those. The all-black um, with the purple stripe at the bottom, purple stripe on the sleeve, and then the purple griff in the center. It's just the, the griff head. Just the griff head. I wish there was more of it on there, but... I like it. Yeah, they're, they're cool enough. If I can get one cheap enough, I'm going to try to get one. Good luck. They they actually, we got a busy weekend ahead, though, because they have those two games at home, and then we go to Chicago on Sunday for a 4 o'clock game in Chicago. I mean, last week was super important. <laughs> this is... I'm, I'm not going to say this is must-win games. It's it's whatever at this point, right? Maybe a Thursday game in Cleveland next week, too. Man, games in Cleveland are weird days. <laughs> I'm not going to make any comment on that. No. <laughs> the, no. Well, so the other thing, too, is Friday was Ben Simon's 300th game. As, and, I, as I said on Twitter, LOL. Yeah. They he they asked him after the game, you know, what... They, during his presser, some things that stood out for me on that. He said, it's, what do you want to be known for with this organization? And he said... The wins and losses are not there. The wins aren't there. The losses are there. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, the losses are there. The It's more about the development of players. And that's what he's taking pride in, is developing. You know, Mo was here last year. Because I feel like every week we talk about it. Are we trying to get those wins? Are we trying to build the culture? Are we trying to go more development? What are we What are we doing? <laughs> Okay, so I respect his development time with Grand Rapids. He has developed some great players, right? When do these players get some of the most development, though? Playoff hockey. High-pressure situations in playoff hockey. What have we not seen in his coaching tenure? Playoff hockey. Okay, so and he can be proud, too, because he was an assistant coach the years before he took over. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure he's proud of some player development that stretches all the way back to then. And, yes, you can't look away at what he's been able to do with some of these players. But my God, the wind's got to be there too. Yeah, I mean, the fan base, he's hes losing the fan base. Oh, it was the quietest reception I've ever heard for a coach at their 300th game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, I do. There was no, not a lot of clapping. No, there was not. I, I think it was like um, just a regular announcement. That was, yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Now that I think about that. That was very weird. It was quiet. It was just like, ah, here's the birthdays for this, you know, for this month. And it was, here's Ben Simon's. Well, it was still during play. Like, it was between play, <laughs> when, obviously, but. When people were in the stands. Yeah, not in the intermission where it would have been quiet. I mean, they were louder in the intermission. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but he also mentioned, too, like, his work ethic. He said that's what his, his legacy he wants to be um, known for, but. He said, too, that he's been watching a lot of tape on other teams, but I think it needs to be more tape on His our own, own team. team. Yeah, like, we need to figure out our own team before we start looking at others. So I have one thing. Like, I remember, like, this is a completely different sport, obviously. But I remember back in the days of playing soccer, right, back in high school. And one of the things that my coach always said about talking about work ethic and stuff is during warm-ups, you don't come off the field pre for, between warm-ups and game before warm-ups are done. Unless you're hurt, or unless you're called off there. And I remember, like, that stuck with me for a while. Because it was, take every single development opportunity you can get. Take every ounce of time on the field you can get. 
The Griffins are off the ice for warm-ups every game with like two to three minutes left on the clock. No one's out there. It used to be Cross. Cross would use every second that he could possibly get of ice time out there. And I know these guys go through practice and all that stuff. But when I'm looking at it from a fan perspective and I see all of Iowa skaters and goalies on the ice still with 30 seconds left in warm-ups and I look on the other side and there's nobody there. I'm like, wow, they've given up. They don't care. That's the perspective that puts in my eyes. I know there's not as many fans in the building at that point, but the ones that are there at that point are the ones that care the most about this team. They want to see that team on the ice every second. And when I see the team get off the ice that early, I'm like, that's a good point. They give up. (laughs) That's a really good point because I don't know. Like, I'm not there early enough to be able to catch warm up. It's every game. Cross used to be out there until the last second. Chase on would be close, but he'd still be a minute, minute and a half out there. Everybody else is gone. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, because I'm just thinking back on when the week, when we went to the Wings game and we saw that. Like, there was still a lot of players out there during. Like, we'd get sent back to the field if you came back. So, like, I don't under, I don't understand. I know, d- different sport, different re- re- relation, but at the same time, just. I look for the effort. It looks like they've given up. I think that's a good point. I like that. I like that you said that. Yeah. So. Well, let's uh, let's move to Toledo. Can we please? <laughs> I don't want to move. No, we're not moving to Toledo. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I like I like living here. I work here. Yeah. Grand Rapids is, is great. We uh, we love it here. Besides the hockey team. But, but big news for Toledo. Huge news. We're going to Toledo on the twenty sixth. I am excited for that game. Um, at first, I was excited for the April eighth Detroit uh, game for the Wing Wheel Podcast. That were well, for April eighth game we were excited to go to, but now that we've got tickets for Toledo, I'm more excited for that game. Yeah, Toledo versus the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. The Swamp Rabbits. I hope we can get a uh, bobblehead for Spike. Spike. I know. I want one too. After getting Griff Fader last night, and you got the Flint one last night too. We gotta get a spike one in there. I'm nervous. If you you said somebody said that I for the last one they did, there was people waiting so early, so much more before the game. Uh to seven get, AM? Hey, I think it was Hawk wasn't it Hawkins night? Hawkins. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Seven AM? I saw someone tweet that. I you cannot confirm because I'm not there. But if people are waiting at seven AM for these bobbleheads, oh crap, we're screwed. Yeah, because it's a three hour drive for us. I don't want to get there at four. I don't uh, want to wake up at four. No, I have to work the night before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Toledo. Uh, we recorded Sunday. They played. They won 5-1. We had third period. Warren, he was he got an assist. Kirill got an assist. And Kirill had another assist in the third. Who was in goal for that one? That was Kosa. Okay. And he gave up a goal in the first three minutes of the game. It happens. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's a totally different conversation with this team. Uh, first goal, three minutes in, we move on, you know. they. Right. I mean, Toledo came back and won 5-1. So, nothing crazy there. McKenzie was uh, first star. Hawkins was the second, and Aquino was the third. Hawkins, he had an assist on the second goal uh, in the first period. But okay. that was pretty quiet. Shots, Toledo had... <laughs> pretty quiet. Toledo had 51 shots. Holy crap! Yeah, compared to uh, Wichita, who had 28. The thing that they do down in Toledo is if you have 39 shots or more, they get free bowling. Yeah, I don't know where. That's awesome. 
We need to figure out something up here to get more than like what what would be the bar for us? Eighteen? <laughs> <laughs> no, they've gotten more recently, but yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Fifty one uh, though? Are you kidding me? Fifty one shots. So. Is that is that team they played against not like great? Like what's the what's the story there? Like do you do you know or I no? I have no idea. I say we don't know much about these teams they're playing. We're getting better um, as we go. Yeah. Uh, Warrior finished with a plus one. Krill finished with a plus one. So, I mean, Costa was tested. Seems like he let the first one in and then just kind of bounced back and was lights out. The, yeah, he only let one in, right? He's yeah, like, just yeah. one. Yeah, nothing crazy. So, on uh, Wednesday, they played the comments. This game was nuts because okay. it wasn't a typical Toledo game that we've been used to seeing of, like, 4 nothing, 3 nothing, uh, one nothing. This was a 5-3 game. Ooh. They played... Got a little spicy. Yeah, it was it was spicy. Um, I They were coming into that game with 11-game win streak. Yeah, 11-game win streak. And Warren scored first. Uh, then he got a second. And then the third, he, the third goal was a power play goal he got an assist on. Second period, comments came out crushing. Three straight goals. Eight minutes in, 16 minutes in, and then 19 minutes in to finish off that period. Third period, Toledo comes back. Hawkins gets us back, gets the momentum back on us. Uh, Bliss got the assist there. And then Kirill finished it off with the last uh, 15 seconds of the game for an empty netter. Got the win with shots. We got outshot that game. Really? Yeah, Fort Wayne had 41 shots. Uh, Toledo had 38. And Lethemann was in net for that game. Power play, Toledo 2 for 6, Fort Wayne went 0 for 3. So, good on the penalty kill, good on the power play. Special teams didn't really, I mean, it factored with the two goals. So, that definitely helped. Yeah, Fort Wayne, I mean, that second period, they had 17 shots compared to the 12. Whew! So, I mean, they they brought it to us. They were pouring it on there. Which, we were watching, because you were at the Griffins Wednesday night. And so, I was keeping an eye on it, and I sent it to you, and I was like, I'm kind of glad they got tested a little bit. Oh, yeah. They need, you know, need to be brought down a little bit. <laughs> you know, right, right yeah. in that hot streak of like, you know, oh. it's good to see the confidence. It's good to see the, you know, the swagger coming in. And like, you know, every night you're going to come in and you're like, all right, we're, we can win this game. We've got this game. We know we're better than ever, you know, than the other teams. Yeah. But it's good to kind of like, oh, uh, we got to play a little bit harder, you know, because sometimes I feel like when you're there, you might let a game get away or you might not give it your all. Yeah, so, that's fair. That one, I was glad to kind of see a little tested, but still come out on top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you see Saturday. And so that's where... So Costa Co- played Wednesday? Costa played Wednesday. Costa played Saturday? Costa played Saturday. Because Lathamon was here? Yeah, Lathamon was here. And Costa played today? Costa played today. Ooh, okay, so, this is the most action back-to-back he's gotten in a while. Okay. Yeah. All right, so Saturday, what did they do? Saturday, they played Iowa. That game, they finished 4-1. to one. Okay. Toledo, Toledo won, so... Well, I mean, yeah, they won. They're on a tear. <laughs> yeah, they didn't... Uh, Costa didn't give up a goal until about five minutes left in the third period. Ah, so close to another shutout for him. So close to another shutout. So... Empty, let's see, power play goal. Hawkins started us off. Krill got an assist on it. Gordy Green got another goal in the first period. Nice. Good for Gordy. We're keeping an eye on Gordy. Second period, Hawkins came back with another goal. Krill got an assist. Trenton got an assist. So, kind of our prospects there getting up on the board. Third period, Iowa got that goal. 
four, uh, then Stewart's got the empty net to secure the win. Okay. So, shots. Toledo had 39. Jeez. To 33 <laughs> for Iowa. So, at least... Wow. At least, uh, you know, somebody can beat Iowa. Right. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Toledo came out with 17 shots in the first. Then they only had nine in the second, where Iowa had 12. And then Toledo had 13 in the third, where Iowa had 16. So, Iowa started slow. And they kind of turned it on as the game went on. Okay. Power play, Iowa 0 for 1, Toledo 1 for 3. So both teams are very disciplined. It doesn't seem like these te- like Toledo takes a whole lot of penalties. No, from what I'm looking at, just kind of looking at some stats here on my, myself. And uh, yeah, wow. It's impressive, man. It's good. Disciplined. Disciplined, and they put the puck on net a lot. A lot. A lot. Well, I'm going to throw a curveball at you with Toledo because oh. we're recording today. And they played today. It literally just wrapped up. And they got their 13th win in a row. 13 dubs. 13 in a row. That's so crazy. They won against Wheeling. one nothing. A Cosa shutout. Nice. Wheeling had 23 shots on goal to Toledo's 34. Goal, the one goal that Toledo scored. Hawkins with Gordy assisting. <laughs> so... Hawkins is on such a tear. The whole team's on 13 wins in a row. I know we would talk about this in the next week's episode because it happened today, but seeing as it just wrapped and I saw, you know, our boy Kosa getting another shutout, you can't not bring it up. This team is something special right now. Yeah, they... So I want to shout out Zach R1999. He's been our... He's been over at Toledo. He's been following that Toledo team and posting some stats. He put up the other day that Kosa's past five games. So this was before today, obviously. Okay. 144 shots, 141 saves. They said against Iowa, Kosa's gone 165 minutes, 22 seconds without an Iowa goal. <laughs> oh my gosh! So wait, can, how, how many shots? Sorry, how many shots? That again with how many saves? 144 to 141. And he faced another 23 today and only let in one. No, he didn't let in one at all. Or no, he didn't let in one yeah. at all. Yeah, the oh my god! So, so 160 something. 160, yeah. 167. Math's not our strong suit. No, it's 167. I did the quick math here. We're good. 167 shots, and then how many goals total? <laughs> like, come on, dude. This Three. Kid, this kid's insane. That's nuts. Like, basically, Costa just owns that Iowa team on top of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is great looks for us for next year. Uh, but my God, man, the kids playing lights out goaltending right now. In the big thing too, last year with Costa was he played for Edmonton Oil Kings. They're very structurally sound, like offense, defense. He's not really getting tested with a lot of shots with that team. He wasn't really being tested with quality opportunities against him. So a lot of people were like, is it the goalie or is it the system? Like what's going on here? Right. And then you bring him to Toledo, and, I mean, he's getting a lot of shots against. Yeah. And he still... Lights out. Lights out. I am super excited. I hope that he's playing on the 26th when we go see him. God, me too. Not that I wouldn't want to see Lethman play again, but you haven't seen Kosa play in person still. I've been fortunate enough to see him play here in Grand Rapids and get that win. I need um, to see the monster of this man. He's a tall dude. He's a big guy. Did you see the video of him lifting in the gym the other day wearing some weird funny hat? No, I Oh, my gosh. I'll have to find it and send it to you. It was the funniest thing I've seen. Um, 
in a while out of that kid. He's a he's a he's a fun dude, but man, I'm so excited. I know he's just playing in the ECHL. Like I know people are looking down at that fact. You know, the comparison for him, unfortunately, for his career probably will be Wallstead from Iowa and Minnesota. Obviously, Wallstead's playing in Iowa in the AHL. Costa's playing in the ECHL, but that that doesn't matter to me. The kid's playing good hockey, and he's succeeding again at another level. He needs to continue succeeding at every level he plays at. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing to look down at playing in the ECHL. It's a very tough league. Not at all. And they said that... I mean, we just talked about development is huge. It yeah. was, what's good for development? Playoff hockey. And he's going to get that action this he's, year. He's going to get that. He's playing in front of 8,000 people every every night in Toledo. Yeah, the pressure is going to be there. He's going he's gonna to be in the right environment. My question is for the walleye. This goalie tandem is perfect right now, right? Yeah, oh yeah. What do you do in the playoffs as a coach? <laughs> <laughs> that coach has got a tough, tough choice to make ahead of him. Yeah, I don't uh, envy that situation. You just continue doing what's working, right? Yeah. But at least he knows now. He saw Kosa play three games in a row and continued to play outstanding hockey. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Even on a back-to-back. What, one goal last night? No goals today. (laughs) He just keeps putting up dubs. Putting up shots. You love to see it. It's, It's so crazy that we have both these guys in our system it gives me hope yeah and you said Lethman looked really good Saturday he looked incredible here I, so. yeah they lost whatever it's just about you can tell how a goalie is going to be playing just by their positioning by their poise by how they react and he's good they're both so good the other thing too when people are they're like oh putting Costa in the ECHO is a bad idea because they're so rough on goalies but I mean, we've seen the complete difference. Oh, yeah. So. For real, though. And, I mean, let's let's be real here in a perfect scenario for us in Grand Rapids. These two go on and make a deep playoff run, maybe win the Kelly Cup. Who knows? Would be pretty cool. There'd be no the, way we could get tickets for those either. Oh, no shot. <laughs> no shot, dude. Um, but they go on that cup run. What The tandem in Grand Rapids is not settled for next year. No, because Ned's Ned's not signed. And, and Bradstrom is... I don't know. I don't think it's a game. So, you have this tandem that's playing so well together right now. Could we see that exact same tandem in Grand Rapids next year? Oh, don't get me excited. Yeah, no, I saw the look <laughs> on your face. That was excitement there. You know? Is that a Swayman-Allmark combination right there? How? Yeah. I don't, I don't see it going all the way to Detroit like that, but... Who knows? We've been shocked before. Leatherman's young. Yeah, he's only, what, 20... 22 or 23? Oh, jeez. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him more credit than I should be there at his age. He looks young, so good for him. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't want to get you too excited about next year, but... Oh, he's 26. That's what that's I was... Still, I almost but in goalie years, that's still young. Yeah, it is. Because Coase is extremely young. Yeah, he's only 20. Playing still nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> that's in goalie years. That's young. So who knows what Lethman's potential is at this point? Because what he's showing right now is incredible. But the two things that are, are the main key that's going to help those two, let's say if they are both in Grand Rapids next year, there's got to be structure in front of them. When there's a structured team in front of both of them, 
they're good. That's why I'm not nervous about the future of COSA in Detroit, because Detroit will be structured. Detroit, even where they're at right now, is more structured than they've been in years past with the coaching that they have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I'm getting all excited now. This is great. That could, I mean, that's a real reality where those two could be the goalies in Grand Rapids next year. Yeah. It's uh, it's exciting for at least our goalie situation. Um, I mean, Grand Rapids, we've been trying to figure it out. Detroit, with Huso, we're good there. So, I think that's the only spot that's really nailed down is Huso as a starter. And then we have three spots behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Open. So, maybe these two kids... I at least say kids because we're older, but yeah. I mean, they're still kids. Let's be real. Yeah, these kids, uh, no offense, but if these two guys move up, you know, that's the potential. Lots of potential. There's other goalie prospects in the system, too, that we'll get into in future episodes of this this podcast, talking about who we might potentially see in Grand Rapids. But those are the two standouts right now. Yeah. By far. They're good. They're great. The next four games, just to wrap up, Toledo, was one was today, so that one's already finished. Hawkins got that goal. Yep. And uh, they play Wheeling Nailers again on Wednesday. This is a weird time. They play them at 10.45 in the morning. A lot of teams will have some matinee games throughout the year for, like, school day games. That's so early. Well, no, and then they give tickets to, like, local schools and stuff like that, get kids out for the day. There's usually, like, I think the Griffins do it with, like, reading programs for schools. Kids read a certain amount of books. They get the tickets to go to the game with the school. So, it's cool. It makes it very interesting to be the adults going to that game, though. <laughs> One day. Uh, <laughs> they play Kalamazoo Friday. All four games that they... So, Wheeling Nailers, they played away. Uh, both games, so today and Wednesday. Kalamazoo, they play away Friday, March 10th. And then Indy, they play away, too. So A lot of uh, away games. A lot of away games were 13, 13 straight wins. Uh, looking at a, or, Every team's goal is going to be to end that. It's going to be how this team can respond. Yeah, so and they, we know that streaks don't last forever. No, but they man, it's been exciting. Back. Oh yeah, hundred percent they do. Uh, roll right into Flint. You had a fun night last night. I had a fun night. Uh, Is there but, games to talk about before last night's for Flint? Yeah, let's talk okay. about the other two because there actually were important games. So Flint Perfect. played Saginaw last Sunday. We kind of talked about it. Three two. Lombardi got a goal. Uh, that one was a nice goal. So he flew down. Cuts around the goalie, dekes him out, and puts it in. So, this kid is so fast. I, watching him meet last night, I feel like he might just be bored. Like, <laughs> I, like I want to see him, I, I want to see him tested, I want to see him pulled up. Uh, really, I really do want to see him pulled up, because I feel like it might be just too easy for him, and that he's not giving, I'm sure he's giving us all. But I feel like he might be bored. Um, it's possible. Yeah. the He had two goals. Sorry, he had one goal that night. He was plus one. Three shots that night. He went eight for 13 in the faceoff circle against Saginaw. Okay. It was good. Flint had 37 shots compared to 28 to Saginaw. Sag- Saginaw's kind of had their number this year, right? Yeah, Saginaw's been good. Um, they're in a playoff position. They've got that um, number one prospect, Misa, that everybody's talking mm. about for 2025. So hopefully we can get some eyes on him. I can't even think about tomorrow. How do I think about 2025 already? Yeah, well, I mean, we got so many picks. We might be, we might <laughs> have a chance, bro. Um, Saginaw went two for five on the power play. 30, 27 face-off wins. Com- wow, did I say Saginaw? Saginaw went two for five on the power play. 27 face-off wins. Flint went two for four on the power play. 35 face-off wins. So Flint did a little bit better on the power play. 
better on the penalty kill than uh, Saginaw, and uh, better in the face-off circle. Friday. So I want to highlight this game, too, because Shane Wright was in town. Oh, was he? Yes. I don't know if you I don't know if you knew that's coming in. Um, sold out game. Okay. Flint played Windsor. They won four to one. Shane Wright negative one. Six shots on goal on goal. Thirteen for twenty four in the faceoff circle. Okay. Not great. Not bad, but not great. Not yeah. It's. It's weird because he was the number one. He was like talked about so long of being the number one prospect, number one draft pick. Well, Windsor sold the farm to get him too, didn't they? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those crazy like OHL trades of like eight players, some draft picks, and for, for like two players. It's weird down there when they do trades. Well, yeah. Uh, Lombardi was matched up against Shane Wright the, like, from the majority of the game. Did he play better than him? He did. Yes. And that's why I think he's bored. Like, I, I just <laughs> feel like he needs to be called up because if he's playing okay, against Okay, please, yes, yeah, he'll take yeah, him. I would love to see him in the Griffins. Um, right wing, left wing, wherever. Like, let's just put this kid in and go. So I'm excited about it. He went, Lombardi finished with two goals, one assist, plus three, four shots on net, with seven for 16 in the faceoff. So he outplayed and out, like, just had a way better game than Shane Wright did. Okay. Uh, Good stuff. Love to see that. Love to see it. I don't want to spend too much time on that because Flint just crushed Windsor. I say crushed, but then we go to Saturday's game. (laughs) And that was was crazy. I'm so glad I went to that game. You picked the right game to go to. I did, and I got out of work on time. I... Flew down to Flint, or over, and we played golf. So, you guys are familiar with Golf Storm. Guelph? Guelph. Not golf. 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 Guelph. Well, they're going to be golfing here in a minute. <laughs> so, oh, good one. <laughs> the So, you had Fabry, came from Guelph. You had Bertuzzi, and then you had Suter, who all played, and now played oh, pretty yeah. right. So, well, two of the three are. Just <laughs> <laughs> to wrap it back to that, yeah. Flint won 10 to 3. It... <laughs> Was such a different style of hockey that I've been used to watching because I've been we've been to all the Griffins games, but oh, you saw offense. Yeah, I saw offense. I saw shots. I saw goals. <laughs> I saw a, a couple fights. Um, Sorry, boys, we love you. But I saw the fa- the fans were in it. It was just it was a good time, and I because I mean I've been to a couple other Flint games and um, distracted at them based off of having family with me, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Flint just basically controlled the game from the, from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, 15 shots in the first period, 13 in the second, 16 in the third. I mean, they they had possession, they were cycling, they were they were just structurally sound. And what I was seeing was a, they would bring the puck in, and they would have the possession. Like, the center guy would bring it in all the way through. It wasn't a drop pass to bring the defense in. It wasn't a bumper play to the, the line. It was them just going right at it. Like, they were taking it to them the entire game, and there was open guys just throughout. So, I mean, that's how a lot of the goals were. Just open guys on the right or left wing, pass from the center, goal. That's fantastic. It, I'm like, ten can, goals, Jesus. can I see this in Grand <laughs> Rapids? Yeah, 10 goals. Like, they were happening so fast that the announcers were behind the entire game. Try to you catch love, up with you. Love the to left. see that. <laughs> it was nuts. What a bad problem to have. Oh my. Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a, it was a crazy game. The 
Lombardi had one goal. He had two assists, plus one, five shots, 14 out of 24 in the faceoff circle. Okay. So, um, two guys had two goals. The I thought there was a hat trick, but um, they had credited another goal with a different guy. Oh, gotcha. But um, some takeaways from that, there wasn't a whole lot of penalties. Uh, Flint went, I say that, but Flint went one for five on the power play, and then Windsor went 0 for one. So, Windsor okay. was pretty, I mean, they were trying to gain some momentum back. The refs really just let them play the, a lot of the night. Like I was just saying, I expected a lot of penalties being a 10-goal game. Like, the other team, you'd think, is going to start throwing hands. Yeah, my dad kept asking. He's like, when do you think they're going to go at it? When do you think they're going to start? <laughs> and I'm like, probably one more goal. And then one more goal would happen, and they nothing would happen. Like, they just, Guelph had no, there was no like They weren't trying, or it was just Flint being disciplined? Flint was being disciplined, and Guelph just wasn't really trying. I mean, it was both, really. Okay. It was um, it was such a good game. The fans were in it, too. Oh, I mean, yeah, when 10 goals get scored, of course they're in it. <laughs> they It was just nuts. Um, everybody, it was funny, too, is every time they came back off of the power play, the fans would shout, and they still suck like, oh, yep. after every time. Oh, that was a good one. I remember that back in the day in Grand Rapids. That was a good one. We don't have that here. Because so... I don't think they ever announced that they're back at full strength. They yeah. used to. They maybe Zane needs to do I'm it. Tweeting Zane, Zane, if you hear it, if you're listening, <laughs> let's get this back. Let's get that tradition back going, because uh, that was a good one to have. The the other thing too is so, uh, one of the rookies he got his first goal. I uh, oh, I saw this. This was sick. So he got the tenth goal. Uh, mean, it wasn't a meaningless goal because it was the tenth one because it was his first goal. Right. And the. In the locker room after the game, the these kids are only 16, 17 years old. They're, oh, yeah. they're young. And everybody is waiting for him outside in the locker room for him like to behind come the in. door. Behind the door. He was the number one star of the night. Nice. <laughs> Even with everything else that happened. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Two guys had multiple goals. The goalie was, uh, goalie was good last night. And as soon as the guy comes in from the first star, um, his name was Aspinall. And everybody had water bottles, and they're just drenching him <laughs> in the locker room. Everybody's having a good time. He was happy. Like, that was such a good moment to share. One, on social media. So, good job for Flint for sharing that. Two, like, good for the boys. Like, that was just a big win there. Um, so, that was that was good. The other thing, too, I want to mention is Slavich. Uh, he had two of the goals. He took down the goalie at the end of the night. Our own goalie. They're all like going through doing hand, um, handshakes with everybody at the um, at the our our own team was doing handshakes throughout and giving the goalie props. And he like jumps up, gives a big hug, and he knocks the goalie down. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's in good mood. Like it was just overall just a great game to go to. Like vibes were off the charts. You couldn't even it. yeah you couldn't even count it. It it was a good game. I was glad I went to it. Um, it was sick. So, but yeah. Looking forward to, I mean, and they've rattled, Flint's rattled off the last three goal, uh, last three games wins. So. That's awesome. I mean, we, I think when we started this, you were like, eh, not a playoff team. But um, after further review, <laughs> they're currently in, as it stands. And, uh, and they're not in the last place. No. And they're hot right now. And they're hot. They're so, going into it at a good time. They're playing good hockey. At least when the regular season's over, we'll have two teams to cover? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see Lombardi up here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. Um, anything else you want to add to Flint before I move on? No, it was it was good. It was I'm good so vibes. jealous. I'm so, I need to go to a game. That's one of the other ones. I mean, I'm happy I'm getting Toledo off the checklist this year. 
Flint's another one that I've got to get off the list. That was the one you should have went to. Well, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Oh, um, and the pizza guy was there too. The little, the little Caesar's C- guy. oh yeah, you met the little. <laughs> you were so pumped. Um, God, I love it. That's so good. No, good for them, man. Um, good for both of these these other teams, man. Toledo and Flint playing some great hockey, doing big things. Lombardi obviously is a very, very exciting prospect across the board. Um, someone who's going to bring a lot of offense, I think, in any league he plays in. Depending on what his transition from Flint to Grand Rapids looks like, and if he continues to tear it up like that, if he's really that good, there's not a shot. This kid's not on the Detroit Red Wings. Like He's going to be a Red Wing. I hope so. I hope so. I hope he, he makes that jump up to Grand Rapids either this year. I, I don't know what the age... I don't know what the how that works. I know he's got his ECL was signed in Christmas... Right yeah, Christmas. Yep. So I don't know. We'll have to look into this during the off season to see like what is his, what's his next moves. What are they doing? I mean, I would guy? assume it's Grand Rapids at that point. I mean, you know, I think about my top three offensive prospects right now, and it's Cross for sure in there because the kid's incredible. Lombardi is obviously there too. Oh, the other thing I want to say too about Lombardi is when he scores. They play uh, Amadeus, Amadeus. Oh, my Amadeus, gosh. Amadeus, Amadeus. Oh, that was sick. So, yeah, well, he has a goal. I have to continue that one for him. He has a goal song, so that was cool. Uh, Does everyone have individual goal songs in Flint? I, there were so many goals. <laughs> they were going so fast. That's I, fair. I, it didn't stick out to me, but I, the Amadeus one did, so that was cool. That was super cool, so I was stoked about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's two offensive prospects right there that, are very exciting when you think about the big picture for the Detroit Red Wings. And we have the Russian guys still, too. Yeah. That was, I keep forgetting the name. Yes, thank you. That was the, the third prospect I in that top three there for offense um, right now. And Casper. Oh, God. Yep. Sorry, uh, Dimitri. Casper <laughs> jumps over there. I, he's playing in the men's league, so I just keep thinking, like, he's already, you know, he's doing his thing. And Wallander. <laughs> this is Wallander, too. There's, there's... But the future like, is good. It's not as depressing as everyone makes it seem. Yeah. Um, but we, I mean, then you also think you know the Griffins are taking a shot in the dark at Sawchuck, and he's that's worked out really game. well. He's worked out really well. I like him as a player. I watched his interview, and he the fir- um after his first game, he's like, I take accountability for my defensive like play. I should be better in the back. Um, but like he just nailed it. Like I I really like I'm rooting for him. I like him. Yeah, but the Wings signed another undrafted kid uh, this week that we'll most likely see through one of our prospect pool teams here at some point, Alex Duchette. This kid looks like he could be something. Yeah. What's, he, his, what's his stats for the year in the in the queue? Leading scorer in the queue. Really? Uh, yeah, so 27 games played, 21 goals, 23 assists, 44 points. That's Kids 27 games played. Um, why, <laughs> why is there only 27? That's, that's how many he's played so far. I don't know how long their season is. But I could see prior teams he's played with in the queue. I see 60 games and 68 games here. So we have to maybe, do some digging? Figure out uh, no, I'm sorry. It looks like he switched teams. I'm not going to try to pronounce the team he was on before. Not even going to give that a go. Um, so he's technically, yeah, still this year, he had, oh my gosh, so we played 34 games as a team prior, 27 goals, 26 assists, 53 points. Holy crap. So, so 53 points in 34 games, 44 points in 27 games. So a lot of offense from this guy. Tons. Gets a hat trick right after he gets signed. 
Oh, for real? Yep. Um, I saw that he put on the uh, beanie. The Red Wings beanie? <laughs> yeah. Yep. This kid is very excited to be a Red Wing. You could tell. Obviously, when you go undrafted, you know any team that takes that shot at you, you're going to be really pumped, but you can tell he's really pumped at a shot at what team he's going to maybe end up on. This is... I, I don't know how this system is going to work. I don't know what this is going to look like. But if it's something we're going to see in Toledo or Grand Rapids, I'd be very excited about it. This is obviously would be a next season type thing. But he signed with the Red Wings. The Red Wings signed the contract, yes. Okay. Yeah, they signed him to a three-year entry-level deal. So usually most of those three-year ELCs will be he's playing in Grand Rapids. Yeah. So that's ex- I mean. I guess that's not necessarily true because Kosa was signed to his three year and he still finished his season in Edmonton too. So does that? That does not. No, those don't count against no. us. Though. Nope, nope, nope. So Lombardi doesn't really count against us either. Not yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I'm looking at this kid. I'm like, okay, Griffin's uh, the Griffin's contract is, or Riley's contract is with the Griffins, not the Wings. But they're taking a shot at him. See what happens here. Duchette's contract's with the Wings. You have Casper. You have Wallander. You have Lombardi. You have all these, what appear to be in their current skill leagues of hockey, very offensively powerful players coming up. And we still have the college kids. You still have Mazer. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it's not as dark and scary as it sounds. The future is a lot brighter and a lot more exciting than I think we're all laying it out to be. There's, you know, there's players that we really look forward to seeing come through Grand Rapids here, and there's players that we are wondering if they're going to skip that step, like Casper. I don't know if Casper's going to be a Griffin. Yeah, probably not. I think he's going to pull a Lucas Raymond, and he's going to end up right on the Red Wings because there's spots. The future's bright, man. Um, there's excitement coming, and it's giving us more to talk about. I really hope, though, this Duchette kid, I hope we see him because he looks dangerous. So anything else you want to add this week, man? It's a big week for us as well. Uh, gained a lot of followers. Had Toledo reach out to us. Not that, reach out to not us. Not reach out. They responded to a tweet. You know, Toledo you know, responded know. to us, so that was cool. So yeah. um, we thank everybody for listening, following along, subscribe. Uh, each week we're getting better. We get more we, followers. At least we feel like we're getting better. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean. And we met a couple people too. So yeah, we met a few people. Randy, it was good meeting you this weekend at the game as well. Um, Brian last week. Yeah. It, this is something that we're doing for fun. There's there's no there's no long term like success plan for this. this. Is just two dudes that love talking about hockey, um, that are just gonna keep talking about it because we talk about it enough. Why not put a microphone in front of us and let everyone else hear our opinion too? So, I'm excited for what this has become, and we're slowly figuring it out. We're getting, as you said, better each week. At least we think we are. Um, so. And we're getting more listeners each week, too. Each each week, there's more of you guys listening in, or you just keep leaving your Apple podcast on repeat and falling asleep listening to it. I don't know. It might just that, be that, too. That only happened on the first episode. Oh, that's good to know. No. No, we appreciate everyone, and if there's any I mean, any feedback's always welcome, too. Throw it at us on Twitter. Shoot us a DM. Um, we got some stuff that we're looking forward to. You know, we're sitting here thinking, oh, God, what does a minor league hockey podcast cover in the off season? Because... Minor league rosters are so unknown until what well, training camp's over. Well, luckily, the Wings have a sick training camp here. We'll be able to cover that. We'll get some other people possibly on here, talk about this past season, talk about what the future looks like. And, you know, we'll just have fun with it. We'll make the best of it. So I'm excited about where we've gone, and I'm excited about what's to come. During these dark times. 
it's a light in these dark times. It's made these dark times more enjoyable for me, at least. It's helping me analyze the game differently. I'm watching specific players instead of the whole dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one would get you. Oh, God. Yeah. No. I mean, it's been fun. It's been fun. This is five episodes in. Five episodes in. We've got a big week ahead of us. Only the second one with two mics. We figured that one out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Proud of you, buddy. Yeah. It's all you, man. But no, anything else you want to add for this week, man? A couple no. big games for some teams coming up and a couple games that maybe will mean something, who knows, for others. On to another week of hockey. On to another week of hockey. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll chat with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockey Town West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeyTownWPod and your host, Nick, at GRHockeyGuy and Brandon at BrandonCook397.